ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. We have a special episode this week because for the first time in many, 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 many episodes, we have two guests. Please welcome to the show, Evan and Preston of This Too. What's Thank going you, on? Hey. What's going on? Welcome to the welcome to my house. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having well, us. This is Phyllis the dog. Yeah. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. She barked at you when you walked in. Well, yeah. it's her little way of saying hello, you know? I was in my bathroom and I heard Phyllis barking. I was like, oh, they're here a couple minutes early. And then I was like yelling at her from the bathroom and I was like, they probably hear me yelling at my dog. Dude, I, I'm si- <laughs> we were sitting out there humming, I'm just kin to ourselves. So we, we didn't hear anything except Ryan Gosling in our head. That's all it was. <laughs> Which is basically the same as you. There's yeah, yeah you just, and Ryan Gosling. Basically, uh, there's, when people talk about the most beautiful people on earth, you know, it's like Scarlett Johansson, Ryan Gosling, Aaron Schilb. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I would go for it, but maybe there's more beautiful people we can talk about. I haven't found them like, yet, but... Like Evan and Preston. There we we go. (laughs) So just uh, since we do have two, I don't even want to call you co-hosts, guests, guest hosts, whatever you want to call yourselves, uh, would you please each just say your names so when people are listening to you talk, they know who the heck is talking. So you go first. Preston. Preston. And? I'm Evan. So you guys are the founding members, the core band of Nashville pop duo, This Two. Yes, sir. When did you form the duo? So we initially formed the duo, or we officially formed the duo, rather, a little over a year ago. Okay. It was uh, in June of 2022, but Preston and I have known each other since we were in high school. And we oh, were I didn't making, even know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's we were cool. making music together for a long time, even leading up to this two being created. Like, we were performing together. It was, uh, we, we created this too and officially came together as a group when the label approached us and said hey we want to sign you both so we had already been writing together performing together producing with each other all that stuff so this is really easy yeah yeah, it's been around for a long time in a weird way but it's official so if you went to high school together did you like know each other all like growing up and everything interesting well so we didn't go to high school together but we met in high school he actually went to a neighboring high school uh, this is the same one that my parents went to okay. growing up, and I went. I lived like five miles down the road, but we met what three hundred miles from home yeah. in Odessa, Texas. It was further yeah. than that. Um, what was at, the occasion state, of you meeting in Texas? A uh, gymnastic state meet. You mm-hmm. were both in gymnastics. Yeah, mm-hmm. Preston. What? Yeah, Preston's yeah. a pre-Olympic. Gymnast. I've known you guys for a while. How has this never come up before? <laughs> well, we got to save some stuff for the. Podcast, yeah, exactly. You know? We had to save. Yeah, we had to have some stuff You're like, we got to save some of the super juicy secrets for when we're on air. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we get the exactly. Reaction. Well, see, I I started gymnastics like eighth grade, going into high school, and I was a ring specialist, and I was like technically not that great. But I worked super, super hard and got a lot better. But the big focus at that age when you start that late is just getting super strong. Mm-hmm. So my high school gymnastics coach just made us do conditioning on conditioning on conditioning. Gotcha. And then Preston had been doing it since you were like how old? I was four years old. Four. Okay. Four years old when yeah, I started. So he was a pre-Olympic gymnast. He's like super, super, super good. Uh, so we would all like see Preston go compete at these regional meets. And like I'd be sitting there being like, the coolest thing I can do is a double backflip off these rings. And this dude's doing like double doubles and like I, all this stuff is gymnastics terms. Can so you do the like the, the run up and kick off the wall backflip thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. dope. Was, yeah. Yeah. Pre- <laughs> Preston, Preston can still do a lot of flips and stuff. Got to go to a trampoline park at some point. Yeah. Get him. Get, yeah. Knock off all the rust. I yeah, may be. Yeah. I may be almost 30, but like every bone in my body's like, I want to go to a trampoline park for my birthday. Dude, let's do it. We're like, so in. Like, I think that'd be a sick birthday party. Everyone's like, let's go to this seedy dive bar where you can smoke and we can buy drugs. And I'm like, can we go to Applebee's and then go to a bouncy castle? <laughs> like, I want to, like, I feel like the 12 year old inside of me is like, the 12 year old child mindset has never gone away. You know, Very I, I agree with more. that. It is on my bucket list, too. I've never been in a ball pit, and I really want to go to a ball pit. You've never been to a ball pit? No, oh. but here's the thing. One, it's like, now I don't want to just go to any ball pit because there's things in there. Like, okay, yeah. so when I was you a know? child in the 90s, they had these, they had two different ball pits in, like, the McDonald's, Burger yeah. King play places. Yeah. There would be the tiny plastic ones where you can dive in, and it's like a sea of the ball pits. But then they would also have these humongous like at the time they looked like giant boulders but 
I guess they were probably the size of like exercise balls, you know, oh, the, yeah. oh, that's yeah. still... the rubber ones, but they had giant balls that we'd like melee each other with in these play places. And now wow. I look at kids play places. And I'm like, that's boring as shit. There's nothing mm. dangerous in there. Yeah. What happened to lawn darts, guys? Come on. Bring those back. Thank gosh. Did you guys ever go to Chuck E. Cheese? I used to go to Chuck E. Cheese all the time. Like in my head, there's like the nostalgia yeah. of the, the best pizza, man. Yeah. You get the tokens with the mouse on it. You get mm-hmm. Chuck E. Cheese. Dude, like Charles E. Cheese. Charles E. I Cheese. I missed out on that. I never went to Chuck E. Cheese. And I, I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to go unless you have kids. That would oh, yeah, actually no, be... I, don't think, I think they don't let you in. No. Yeah, because you say that, I was like, maybe I should do my 30th birthday at a Chuck E. Cheese. I don't, I don't think they'll let you in. That's, uh, they, they might if you do like a buyout. Yeah, actually, if you do a birthday party, they might. I wonder, yeah. So like these Broadway bars have like $25,000, $50,000 buyouts. I bet the... I bet the like buyout at a Chuck E. Cheese is like eighty dollars and a pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Not even good shoes. If you just, just like have the manager's phone number, I think you're kind of in. Like You've never it. been to a Chuck E. Cheese. He's never. You've been. I've never been, been to a Chuck E. Cheese. I've never been. No, it's. I mean, what kind of childhood did you have, dude? It Texas is weird. I was the youngest of three boys. By the time like I was of Chuck E. Cheese age, my brothers were way past it. So they were like, we're definitely not doing that. That's yeah. lame. You know? I, we grew up like not very far from each other, but okay. our childhoods are drastically, super, different. Super, <laughs> different. drastically different. super different. Well, Preston's adopted yeah. and has an older sister. Uh-huh. And then I'm youngest of three boys, which is already just the sister and the youngest of mm-hmm. three boys is already super, super different. Mm-hmm. But I, he, he, I'm he, the youngest he of three boys also. Up. Really? I got two older oh. brothers. I was definitely an oops baby. Like, <laughs> like a there's no way day, that kinda. I was planned. Like, my birthday is nine months after Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, there it is. Six <laughs> years after my brother. Like, I'm an oops. Yeah. yeah. I told my dad, I was like, hey, I did the math. Like, was I an ex? And he goes, no, of course not. No, you were a surprise. Were a, yeah. And I'm like, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah, that's the same thing. <laughs> You're like, that is literally Those what are that synonyms means. in the dictionary. <laughs> You're like, wow, I just learned that my dad is PR trained. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. And it's like, I know my grandparents are listening to this episode. So, Grandma and Grandpa Smith, yes, I know that I was an accident, but I do know you still love me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, they love you a little extra, you know. So it's a nice you surprise. both grew up in Texas, mm-hmm. and did you move to Nashville at the same time? Then, no, no. So uh, I moved out here in 2018 for Belmont, mm-hmm. and then um, did you graduate as well? I graduated last May. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, I did senior year twice. Gotcha. Uh, but COVID's, he moved. COVID's quite quite an interesting COVID was yeah it <laughs> definitely did not help having to learn copyright law over zoom yikes uh, did not help me at all but, but i moved out here in yeah. august of 2021 and then i don't know the way to describe it is we've we both lived here like full time for the same amount of time because okay. when he was in college up to 2021 obviously well i guess up to covid he was still back for summers and back for winter break since I moved out here in August of 2021, we so y'all out were here. buds all through college then though still right yeah yeah oh, yeah. yeah 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 whenever he came uh, back into town we were always hanging out always immediately making music I was blowing this dude's phone up nonstop yeah one thing to know about me I actually responded to him which means I liked him a lot yeah <laughs> yeah it's tough was, to get a response from I, I had like 11 assignments due at the same time and he'd text me and I'd be like well I, I, these these can wait <laughs> like, I love that the, the like the college professor mindset they're like. Oh, you have time to do this, and you're like, literally, I do no, not. I do not. Like, yeah, all no of the idea. classes I'm taking think that I have time for mm-hmm. it, and because all of you think that, exactly, I don't have time for exactly. it. Exactly, yeah. and yeah, yeah then it, it puts you in an awful position to try to set yourself up outside of those classes if you want to go, <laughs> you know, have a job, make some money, especially especially if you're paying for school yourself. It makes it really tough. It gets um, worse in college because the professors have so much freedom over like how they run their classes. Oh my god! They, they can it's, just do whatever like they the want. It's like the Wild West. It's crazy. Like I, I had a college professor my freshman year who it was a music of the world class, and I think I told this story on the podcast not too long ago. But I was in this music of the world class, and it was an eight a.m. survey my freshman year, and it was the worst. It was so boring, and I went to a big state school, so the classes had like hundreds of people and they were the auditoriums like seating so i was just a number like never talked to the professor yeah but i showed up on time every day and i never missed the class and i slept through almost every class period like i was in the desk sleeping and uh because it was just such a big anonymous classroom at the end of the semester the day of the final 
our teacher called me and another girl up to the front of the class. And it's like, ladies and gentlemen, these are the only two people who did not miss a class this semester. And then he looks at us like on the side and goes, do you guys want A's on the final? And we're like, yeah. That's he goes, <laughs> he goes you're times. good. You can leave. And I was just like, I do not deserve this. Mm, <laughs> like the only but you reason, ran with it. You yeah. ran with it, no I ran doubt. with it. I was he like, don't down. ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to, right? At that point, you're just like, yeah. And I've appreciated the time that I've spent with you here, Professor. I, da, I learned da, so da. much, <laughs> Professor, whatever your name is. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. My largest class was less than 40 people. Really? Across all five years. Yeah. That's well, the crazy. average was the average was 13 to 16 people per class. That's and Belmont prides itself on having small classes. So right. Yeah, that's, that's not the case works. at big state schools. Say, yeah, that's mm-hmm. not. But, like no. I graduated from University of Missouri, which is a huge state school in mm-hmm. my hometown, and I think like it must have been almost every class I had had 150 to 250 students. Like my smallest class had about 50 or so, and that was. Uh, entry-level French, but like all of the classes I had to take were just huge classrooms. That says even more about the fact that you were one of two people who never missed a class. Yeah. Like or that. You said I it was, was an 8 a.m.? I felt so good about it. Say what? You said it was an 8 a.m. I got class? an A. Oh, wow. I did not deserve that A. Like uh, I dude. definitely was a C average student mm. like through the entire semester. I was like sleeping through the classes, turning in the assignments. C's like, get degrees though. Yeah, and I would take exams because did you guys have to use clickers? They were the Bluetooth remotes that. Um, yes. Oh my god, that unlocked a memory for me. Yes, I did use clickers. Oh I my gosh. What, yeah, what yeah but it, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't through college. It was it was much younger days for me, but it was still. Do you not know what we're talking I about? I do not know what you're so talking about. So, for those of you who are listening and don't know what a clicker is, it's a remote that has like five buttons on it, and it pairs to a device that's connected to the teachers like whatever you want to call it the computer or something Uh yeah and uh you bring it to the class and everybody has their clicker and then the teacher puts the questions for the exams on a projector and then you have two minutes to answer each question and there's just multiple choice and then you click your answer and then once every answer has been submitted it goes to the next question so the teacher doesn't have to do any of the grading and then at the end of the cl- at the end of the exam, everyone knows what they got. It's kind of like Kahoot, but not with your phone. That's really the, the clicker was like at least for me, it was it was shaped like half an avocado. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it was it was very it's very distinct in my head. I totally forgot about that until you yep. brought it up. Yeah, I, I would have enjoyed that. I would have enjoyed that. It I've never great. I've never heard. Yeah, of that bro, before. it was like the it, especially yeah. well, I I did it in elementary school, so especially for us, it was this like. It was like a cool day when you got to bring out the clickers. It was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bitches. That's right. We're, what, can we curse in this? Oh, like, you I, totally can. Okay, cool. I was Fuck like, yeah. yeah, bitches, we got clickers. What's good? It's like, <laughs> yeah. when nobody else got to use them, we, like, you'd walk out to recess and you'd be like, what? What'd you, what, what'd you do today? Huh? <laughs> you learn about shapes? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. They wheeled a TV into your classroom? <laughs> <laughs> they wheeled a TV No, I was, I was a terrible student. I wanted to do well, but like, even like from my freshman year of college, I always knew I was going to try to do music full time. Like, yeah. I want to be a songwriter. Yeah. I want to be in a band. I want to go on tour. So every class that I signed up to take, I was just like, this is dumb. Like, oh, this, yeah, this doesn't matter to me. I was I was pretty similar. I, I, I made good grades in everything that I applied myself to, for sure. But uh, I was also super sick growing up through school. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have an autoimmune disease. It's called eosinophilic esophagitis. I love when he says so, that. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting <laughs> word. Well, um, we, uh, we've kind of skipped over the first question that I normally ask, like right oh, at the yeah. top. I love it. But oh, yeah. uh, the, the way I normally start our episodes is by asking how I met the guests. So do, do one of you remember how we met? I do. Regale the tale. Well, so before this too was created, I knew of Aaron and Nashville Tour Stop, and you guys were like the round to get on, the like promotion to work with. It was Tour Stop. So you guys were on my radar, and I'd like seen you at Belcourt and at Cabana a few times, and I'd introduced myself in passing, but like nothing substantial. And then our drummer and amazing friend and a good friend of yours, RJ McGaw. Hell yeah. Shout out RJ McGaw. We RJ. love you, RJ. Uh, brought us on for his round 615 Revolver, mm-hmm. uh, which we're actually playing 
in like two days. Revol- shout out Revolver <laughs> too. Um, if you're listening, yeah. they already played and they were awesome. Yeah, yeah, we ki- <laughs> we played. I'm just Ken. We killed it. It was great. Um, but we got to go play at the Moxie down on Broadway, and RJ last minute couldn't host the round, so it was you instead. Mm-hmm. And you hadn't seen us play live, and like you'd like I think heard of us in passing, but um, probably because I had created the poster yeah with your name on it and it's like who are these guys yep yep <laughs> exactly and then you heard us play live and i remember like watching your face change as we started singing together i remember you being like oh oh okay <laughs> and like you started smiling you immediately pulled out your phone and like, like started oh, doing awesome. the, like, he's like oh okay were and we then, this too at this point yeah 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 we're, yeah okay. yeah we didn't play for 615 before this too was okay. a thing um and now we might have been this T-O-O at that point in time. Oh, yeah. But because um, I definitely remember that. I didn't remember that that was the day we had like become friends. Yeah. But I've had that happen before where I host a show or I've been at someone else's show and like two people start singing and then you click and you're like, oh, you're like, ah. this, is, this is good <laughs> because I don't I don't want to say that I can like glaze over because i i hear so much music all the time Dude, we're and i Nashville, go to so yeah. many shows mm-hmm. a lot of it kind of homogenizes and it does start to sound the same so when something like you guys stands out i'm like okay okay <laughs> okay i need to pay attention to this <laughs> well we're glad it stuck out to you because we've had such a lovely relationship since you become a <laughs> you become a mainstay in our lives and we, yeah. we'd love having you as a friend and then we getting to work with national tour stop is like like I said, when I first moved out here, it was the people that I was like, okay, work with, work with Tour Stop. As I was like, first started working with RJ, and he was drumming for me before this two existed, and Preston was just singing background vocals for Evan while mm-hmm. he was in school, and then RJ was the first time I'd ever worked with a drummer. I couldn't even play to a click track, much less RJ, <laughs> and um, he just kept being like, hey, man you're not ready for tour stop yet. You're not ready for tour stop yet. I'll bring your name up when I think you guys are ready for it. Cause he was like, dude, trust me. If you go in there and you shit the bed, you're going to hate it. It's going to be a take. You're not going to get booked again. It's going to be like, like, don't do that. Don't go until you're ready to go. And I was just like, all right, man, that's fine. I'll trust you on this. And like every couple of weeks, I'd be like, do you think we're tour stop ready? Do you think we're tour stop ready? <laughs> and he's like, fucking no. <laughs> he's like, play to a metronome for like, like every day, an hour a day for two months. Then come talk to me. Yeah. And I was like, I okay. Were- I've worked with RJ for a while now. He started off as an intern for Tour yep. Stop through Belmont, and I will give him credit. I did work him really hard on like who we do book and who we don't book. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a show for just about every act, but like there are some people who like for whatever reason might need to like develop a little bit. Mm-hmm. And RJ, I love him for it because he he won't tell anybody, "No, you're not good enough to play." He'll say, let's work on these things, and then when you are, let's, yep. let's do it. He's very real in a um, constructive way. Totally. Yeah. He's always been that way since, yeah. we, since we've met him. He's, he's an incredibly valuable person to have. You need people in your life that will be honest with you about where you're at, that truly believe in you. Because if you, if, if you don't believe in me, and you're just telling me I should change this, this, and this, well you're not really here to help out. Right. You're just sharing your opinion and you don't think I'm going to be able to succeed no matter what. So just close your mouth. So like but, from my perspective, like I really would love to book a show with the Ryman. I'm not ready for it. Yeah. 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 And there you go. Like Let's just wait till we I, sell out. Just because I know the guy who can book me at the Ryman doesn't mean I need to try that. It's all about yeah. timing. Yeah. Timing. It's, it's timing yeah. at the Ryman. Like, there, at the Ryman. there we go. Oh. Bars. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to spend that one like, give me a shot thing until I know that I can make it worth their time. And like, even if it's just to have the conversation about it Yeah. Like, early on, when I booked my first show at the basement, like tours up had never done ticketed events before. And the basement was super hesitant towards letting but at that time an essentially unknown promoter or untested promoter, like book a whole night. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, here's all the stats from our free shows. Here's all of the best bands I've ever booked. These are the bands that I would like to book if you can give us a slot. And they're like, all right, we'll give you two dates. And they gave me uh, two like back-to-back weeks, and I sold them both out. And they're like, all right, we'll give you unfettered access to this now. Like, There we go. <gasps> I did it. That's there we lovely. go. Well, it, it's, it's a really tough thing to learn, this, hey, let me wait mentality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, let me wait so I know this is going to work. 
I've rushed so much music. Preston has rushed so much music. I've rushed so many other things in my life as well. And as we are, we're, we're on this up and up thing and we're still trying to learn and we're definitely at the beginning of our careers right now. But uh, we, we do get asked a lot of questions from other artists in our life being like, hey, what do you think we mm-hmm. should do? Like, you've kind of done some stuff and it's worked out. So what's your advice? And we, in these last few weeks, have been in the midst of telling like five different people, wait, just sit on it. Just give it a second. Practice until you are undeniable. That right. is the word yeah. that we throw around a lot. I it's hear like, that word all the time. Undeniable. It, it's like a do as I say, not as we do kind of mentality, but more so like do, don't do what we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? I, like, I, what I, we're I doing now is... What I would doing, say we yeah. do it now. Yeah, we do it now. It's we like, don't, do it now. it's more, you don't need to learn for yourself. I touched the hot stove. I'm telling you it's hot. Yeah, don't you've go got a little bit stove. more credential back in you now. Like, you've got music out. You've yeah. played a lot of shows. You've done ticketed stuff. Like, mm-hmm. just even like little credentials like that yeah. do start to help. And they give yeah. you the just, just enough momentum to start pushing to the, whatever the next thing can be. It also gives you a good frame of reference for like what realistic success on, and where you're at is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, we can't go expect to go sell out Ryman right. if we get asked to go open for some band there. But we do know that we can fill out basement pretty good, uh, you yeah. know, on a Sunday you, night. You guys we, did, can, we did well. You right? did it. You had your first single release of Castles at the basement with Tour Stop. We sure did. It was a blast. Yep. I've got your poster in my box right there. hey oh There we go, <laughs> dude. We have so many posters. But yeah, we had that show there at the basement, and that was a big hit. And it was proof to the pudding that you guys are doing something. And, Thank you, brother. And people are starting to take notice because it it really it really will show character on people. Like there's there's all of us in town want to make it. Yeah. But it will show who wants to make it and who will make it. Yeah. Because you can really start to just follow. Like you're doing X, Y, and Z to make these things happen. Yeah. And then some people are just like, I want to do this. And yeah. And then they just expect some. They expect to have a result with none of the effort. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing that people really miss is the effort. You you have got to outwork everybody. You just yeah. got to work till you're dead. That's yeah. how it goes. Like people think that oh, I'll just I'll post once about my show and then they'll come. And yeah. I have seen it before. I'm sure I will see it again, but it that is not how it works. Nope. I mean, think about like even like not music. Think about products that you buy just at the store. How often do you see them advertised? Like all the time. Yeah. Like, do you do you ever remember seeing like a Colgate toothpaste ad? No, <laughs> but you it's it's in your brain. It's yeah. just one of those things. And that's why I was like, even the most popular products still have to advertise. Mm-hmm. And if you're not a popular product, that means you have to double down. Yep. And push the hell out of it because you can tell someone five, ten times that you're playing a show and they might remember. Yep. Yeah. But if you tell them 20 times, they're going to know. They're probably going to be like, Jesus Christ, I get it. Yep. I'll be there. Stop asking me. And you're like, I got one. Well, there's so <laughs> yeah. much media yeah. that's consumed now that, that you can't just put out 5, 10, 20, or 15 posts and be like, yeah, it's going to be good. Like, you have to understand people are scrolling through hundreds of posts oh my a day. God. It's like mm-hmm. you, you, you've. You can't even just let it be once a day. You got to talk about it on stories. You got to include it on every other post you ever had. The Anywhere weirdest you text thing I people. have found be successful is this new feature on Instagram where you can put a status in your like inbox. Yeah, the notes. The yeah. notes. That has been really effective at people finding out when Torstop has shows because they'll just get a DM or something and then it'll just pop up there at the top. And I'm like, oh, who'd have thunk? Like, Someone hey, will respond you know? to my, my note and be like, oh, I'll come to that. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's little things like that that you just have to remember to do. And someone's just like, I'll put one post, pin it to the top of my profile, and then people will see it. I'm like, no, they won't. Yeah. No, they won't. That's, that's not how it works. the other 5,000 people they follow also posted one thing today. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you're scrolling through for 20 minutes. You're only going to see whatever Instagram says is your like, top algorithm people to see. So the, to actually like get to a post sometimes, you might have to scroll a yeah. lot. Once yeah. you like it, it's just out of your home feed. Yeah. All the other stuff you haven't liked. So. Yeah, and nobody uses their saved post anymore. Let's be honest, y'all. Yeah. No one's checking There's the stuff that they save on Instagram. <laughs> that Did used you know to be Instagram a thing. has a new feed feature, a relatively new feed feature called Favorites? Really? So on your main profile Instagram feed, 
or you're just scrolling through other people's photos yeah. it will or videos and reels and stuff if you click the top of the app at the left hand side where it just says instagram and the instagram script you can actually change it to where it'll say favorites and you can choose who you want to see and it'll show you the mm. it's like your close friends but it'll only show you who you want to see and it uh, won't be like this is recommended for wait, you i feel like i have heard of this before I, I I don't know where that's coming from. I feel like I've on my personal account I've added it's like a nice. ton of like UFC so if, stuff. If you only want to see posts from your friends and not the algorithm recommended posts, yeah, that's how to do it. Well, guys, make sure you go and add this to add official. This to please your add close this to please, yeah. please. <laughs> Actually, add us to your close friends so we can see all y'all's stories. Yeah. That's the thing that I love the most when when the band account gets added to like a fan's close friends. You're like, we made it. I go watch their stories every single time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I love it. I go swipe up. I stay like like mm. this too is very, very, very active on social media. We we like we take weekends off from posting, but we will still post stories. We still mm -hmm. interact with everything. That's one thing that also gets overlooked. And it's it's so interesting to say because, you know, it, it feels very Gen Z. But the social media, if you're doing it right, mm -hmm. it is a full time thing. It's a, it is. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if you're actually doing it, if you're actually going in doing what you're supposed to do to be able to grow and to have the algorithm support you, then it's 100 percent full time. Because you're you can spend so, so much time not just creating the post, whether or not you're creating it in Photoshop or building a video mm -hmm. in the app and captioning it and then posting it. And then you okay, gotta I'm gonna go through you, and like and comment on my other people's exactly stuff and DM people and like it really is yep. so much time. Yep, you got to go brainstorm the idea. Like we have a meeting pretty much every morning. Uh, we do it at least three, four times a week where we'll have a sit down, and have a meeting. And we figure out not just like what are we gonna post this week, what is it gonna be formatted as. Also, like we just brainstorm different ideas that we think could be funny. Could be fun, could be interesting, could be good ways to tease stuff. Like we're we are super super big on teasing things for a long time prior to them coming out. All of this stuff is thought out. We don't we didn't just pick the four best songs for this EP. We picked you know ones that tell this story, and it's a story we've been teasing for a That's year. Cool. Yeah. So we we yeah. we go through and we sit down. And we say how can we now transition this chapter into this one? And it's it is so many hours that people don't see, <laughs> and you're like guys. I promise there's so much work that gets put on. You guys see one post today. There was nine hours of work and thought put behind it. Yeah. Like if, um, if we lived with our parents, it would just be, you're always on that phone. And like, we're working. <laughs> we're, I promise we're working. It's like, that's how, that's like the weird dichotomy of our lives is like people just see us playing on our phones for yeah. all they know. But it's like, my business lives yep. in my phone. Yeah. I'm and like, I would love to get off my explore page same. right now, but <laughs> I, I've got to interact with the fans that are in the comments of this other indie band. I have to, I have to go look at all their stuff. I have to go like the post. I have to go reply to them. I would love nothing more than to put my phone down and stop seeing everybody's <laughs> highlight reel or the memes that are not actually funny. So but, talking about the way you guys do your brainstorming for posts yeah. as a duo, do you have a division of labor between uh, how you divvy up the work that you do as a as a band yeah. to a degree you know we we this surprises people but we're super super different if you guys can't tell 30 <laughs> minutes into this i talk a lot and preston's much more methodical in how he does his work hello <laughs> <laughs> um but he he didn't go to belmont for music he went to mm -hmm. belmont for motion for motion pictures and um you know, he, he edits and films so many of our videos and then, but I, I understand a lot more on the social media side. So he'll like edit the videos and then I'll go in and I'll make them the social media. Edit. Cool. So I'm adding the captions and some quicker cuts and things like that. Whereas he is picturing all these angles. He filmed everything. He's getting a crew together. Um, it's really, really helpful for me when I'm shooting out these big, crazy ideas to have him say okay i know how we could shoot this this would be possible if it's you like can, you can tether down to reality what can actually be accomplished yeah mixed yeah. with this side of him that is also just my best friend that i can just shoot ideas off of and then he bounces another one that's crazy back and usually how it goes is i say what if we did a and he goes what if we did b and then b makes me think of what c would be and i go what if we did c and we're both like, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it it's like i would have never gotten there if he didn't take that first idea mm -hmm. in, bounce his own back, and then I grab a piece of the first one and of his, and I put them together, and I'm like, that's idea. That's cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, there's a, um, there's an interesting division of labor. I would say that. It's, mm -hmm. it's, I think that I have a lot more things, but it's because my things are usually quicker paced, 
Whereas he has to spend like a week editing like a 20 minute, like an hour and a half of footage down into a 20 minute video or even less than that. Mm -hmm. And then I am like, okay, I'm going to text 200 people today (laughs) and I'm going to schedule all of our posts. And I'll like randomly walk in his room and I'm like, hey, I got to make a story video. Do something stupid. (laughs) He's like, okay. Okay. And I'm like, I haven't like looked away from a screen in an hour and a half. And I'm like, hey. Yeah, there's, there's, (laughs) I would just say that there's never a point where we're not working. Mm-hmm. It's oftentimes on different things. Like I said, we're super, super different in everything we do. Our strengths are different. Um, so I, I usually, like I run the social media and I lead a lot of our uh, communications with most people. Um, and then he is so good at being on the backside of things, planning shoots and making sure we actually have that content that's high quality. That's good. Um, because everything, like we're saying with social media, everything's content right now. You know, making sure we have different angles of things. Um, and then, of course, he gets to learn what, or he gets to use what he learned in school, rather. Because mm-hmm. so. I, I went to school for motion pictures, uh, but that was mainly because I didn't want to be told how to do music. You know, I, I wanted to live in Nashville and kind of in, still be able to enjoy the music. With motion pictures, it was more like, oh, well, I actually have to learn how to do all this and what these cameras do, what these, uh, how to write oh, a script. <laughs> it's a game. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. School Why for down motion the pictures. Good. No, but, uh, but I had to, I, I found more enjoyment in learning okay. that stuff uh, instead of, because my first year I lived with a songwriting major and some of his assignments were like, pick a book out of this box or pick an item out of this box close your eyes and just whatever you pull out write about it that's not really how i create that's not, that's really not how, how I, I create either i don't do like stuff. prompts it, like that some yeah. people thrive with that i, I just personally don't so I, I didn't want to go to school and kind of have to do assignments mm-hmm. like i was doing music because music was like my escape so i, I doing motion pictures i got to learn how important content was and then as soon as i graduated i mean they had been hand in hand for so long that it was really like to do both was really easy in terms of uh just what needed to be done i knew what needed to be done how it could be done and um i'm still learning every day like even motion pictures uh that's the beauty of an art like cinematography or something is Mm. it's constantly evolving yeah so it's not like songwriting is a pretty cut and dried thing this is the song form these are the chords and sure, you can mix them up, and there's lyric things you can do, but like the art of writing music hasn't really changed that much in the last 500 years. Yeah. But, I mean, just the way the film industry has developed in the last, I mean, it, what didn't exist 150 years ago? Dude, what didn't exist five years ago is crazy. I mean, like living with Preston, uh, first off, watching movies with him is Sometimes super fun, and other times I can be parties. really, really annoying. Yeah, when it comes to <laughs> movies, and I, I know that I'll like, I'll like clear my throat, and I just hear him go, <sighs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, sorry. Like, I don't know what, what to tell what you. What it really depends on is the movie, though. So. Yeah, because if it's like a big important movie, like if we're watching, I don't know, like Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, yeah, and and I hear anything, I might snap. But if we're watching some random movie that's on amazon prime i'll probably let it slide the expect- maybe the expectations <laughs> vary yeah, yeah. <laughs> see it, it is fun for me though because he like he studied motion pictures and he's a dp so it's cinematography is his thing mm-hmm. so i enjoy watching movies with him especially like silly ones mm-hmm. and then being like tell me what you think about this cinematography i love that question and like sometimes it it blows me away to figure out that like a movie we love is called strange wilderness and it is like it's got like a one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It everyone thinks it's not funny at all, but me and Preston and everyone I've ever shown it to, and Aaron, I think you would really enjoy it. <laughs> it's just that you have to watch it with Evan. Yeah, like Evan I, specific. Because I I piss myself laughing every yeah. time. I and think what it's so was funny. this movie? It's called Strange Wilderness with I've Steve. Never Zahn. heard of it. No one ever has. <laughs> Jonah <laughs> Hill, Justin Long. I mean, they're not like the main characters. But it is. It's so man. so good. But it's just like weird like almost like mockumentary style thing okay and uh even just that this like 2008 comedy film with steve zahn mm-hmm. and i'm like in the middle of it i turn to press i'm like so what do you think about the cinematography he's like dude they're using like dutch angles right now it's yeah. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> heavy composition and uh honestly the framing is very nice they're moving the camera each shot has two parts you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like, 
Dude, okay, so have you seen the first Thor movie? Yeah, Ooh, yeah, a million it's times. It's the, the sloppiest mm. use, the sloppiest overuse of the Dutch angle. It's so hard to watch. It's 2011, right? I think it was 2011. Mm-hmm. I don't hate that movie, but it is my least favorite Marvel movie. What? I think. I think. Just from what I've seen in all the Marvel movies you that I've enjoyed. You have seen Captain Marvel. Actually, I think That's Thor fair. Dark World Actually, is that my is least the favorite. Thor Dark World is pretty horrific. Yeah. yeah. I think the first one is fun. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's anything. Sp- I mean, this, the blonde eyebrows is just where you. Yeah. Is, is where Did you, you like Ragnarok? Ragnarok? My, yeah, Ragnarok, Ragnarok was Ragnarok was great. Did you see Love and Thunder? Did see Love and Thunder. Did see Love and Thunder. Yeah. I thought uh, aesthetically, the, the visual look of Love and Thunder was great. Fucking I awesome. like the black and white part. Yeah, like that was awesome. I didn't love the story of it. I, didn't I just either. thought they wasted gore. Mm-hmm. Like I thought the whole thing, like they had Christian Bale playing such an awesome character, and they could have done this like almost how Dark Knight was definitely a Heath Ledger Joker movie. Oh yeah, and it was more about that than it was about Christian Bale as Batman. Mm-hmm. It's like this could have been about Christian Bale as gore and not about Thor because the entirety of the composition that had to do with Thor was just like jokes and like surface level stuff until I don't want to spoil it, but until the end and some Mm -hmm. like cool stuff happens, but you're like, okay, but the whole movie could have like dove into like gore's background and all that stuff. Like the, it could have been so dark and brooding, which is one of the reasons why I love Phyllis. What are you doing? She's sniffing my foot. She's just smelling she's your shoes. <laughs> she, she's a long dog, dude. You got a dachshund. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Yeah. She stretches. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about that. After we take a quick commercial break, we'll come back with this two on the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. Back with the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast, joined this week by Evan and Preston of This Two. Welcome back. Thank you. We're back. We're Gentlemen, back. thank you for spending the afternoon with us here in Casa de Phyllis. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm so glad to finally have you guys, because you came over here to hang out once. Like, yeah. It was several months ago now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, was like, we, I don't know how we haven't done it since then. It was a great time. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was like tax season, dude. We yeah, I don't know yeah. how we oh, haven't yeah. hung out since then. Oh my god, that's exactly yeah, what it was. You were doing it was the day over. I was filing my taxes. Yeah, you like your little box. Oh my god. So we see each other all the time, though. We do that's, see each yeah. other all the time. It's totally. not like I haven't seen you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things that I like to talk about when I have bands or duos on is what you two do to maintain the friendship behind it. Because obviously, working together, this is very exciting. You play in the band, and that's awesome. And you get to rehearse and all of that. The music's fun. But what do you do to maintain the uh, personal relationship that keeps the professional and the personal separate from one another? That's a good question. You know, like you said, the music stuff is super, super fun. So it helps that we have a good time performing together and it helps that we have a good time rehearsing together. Um, but we live together, too. Right. Okay. So like things get things definitely get tense. A big piece of it. Sometimes you just have to know when to like give the other one space and recognize like, hey, either he's in a mood or I'm in a mood and right now we just need to split off and there doesn't need to be much conversation. And if shit needs to get done, it's like, Hey, we just get these things done and I'm going to go do this stuff. And then we reconvene whether it's the next day um, or just a couple hours later. But outside of that, we do a lot of stuff together just to have fun. We watch movies together. We watch TV together. We sit at the end of the day and we talk with each other and just like hang out and shoot the shit and pick each other's brains we um do you two ever like schedule like work time when work happens yeah 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 yeah. we schedule like our morning meetings and then when the meetings come up we kind of set an end time and then like on the days where we know the other one's working you know we already understand that's a certain end time for stuff we're doing together so it's Mm -hmm. like if I, ha- if I have to leave for work at four and we have our meeting at nine we have our meeting at nine and it goes till 10 10 30 we say okay we have up until noon to get this post done and then we get that posted in between noon and like four, anything we need to do together, we'll do together. 
And then if I'm going to work, he's going to go do everything that he needs to do that he doesn't need me for, like mm -hmm. editing certain videos um, or meeting with professors to talk about some music video shoot stuff. Um, and then when he's at work on the weekends and stuff, I'm that's when I'm like really, really diving into social stuff. Okay. That's when I'm responding to a lot of emails. That's when I'm kind of setting up plans for the next week uh, and scheduling our stuff. But we also we're both like, you know, obviously we started in, in gymnastics, but we're fitness nuts. We really, really love exercise. And as good as he was a gymnast and as bad as I was a gymnast, I was a pretty good MMA fighter for a little bit. And I trained very competitively. Um, I didn't have any professional fights or anything like that, but I, I really, really enjoy it. And um, that's something we've bonded over a lot. We have Saturday nights where we watch UFC fights together. Sometimes Fridays when we're watching Bellator one. And then several times a week, we get to glove up and punch each other in the face. It's and that cathartic. always helps. Very yeah. Cathartic. Getting getting to beat each other up is <laughs> probably a big piece of why we're able to kind of flow with each other. Yeah. Because we yeah. get to have that outlet of yeah. one exercise helps with all things mental health. It's gonna mm -hmm. help your anxiety. You get to work that stuff out. It's gonna help with depression, which is a big thing for us. Um, but you know, if he's annoying me, I just get to hit him really hard in the stomach. And I was like, and if I'm annoying him, he gets to hit me really hard in the you stomach. You're going to the gym and getting ripped. I was like, I was yeah. like, it's, 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 it's just a lot of, um, we know how to like push ourselves and we gotcha. know how to push the other. So hmm. we just do a lot of stuff together, I guess. I That's think it's great. because we've, music we've is the big thing, right? Doing stuff together for so long, it's really yeah. just kind of, it's really easy to determine what needs to happen in the moment. Yeah. And just kind of, we react in that way because it's like there's so many things that we're thinking about that it's just like hello it's just what do we need to do today okay well are we going to be able to get it done today uh but as i was saying um it we've been doing this for so long that it doesn't feel unnatural it, it comes more naturally to deal with things when they arise and it's very easy to just kind of nip them immediately. Mm -hmm. Or if they do kind of go on for a little while, all we got to do is sit down, have a talk, and then move on from there. Because A, we know we have stuff to get done. Right. B, we've both been in situations where it's like, can we just, can we just talk it out? Like, what, this doesn't need to happen like this. Can we just sit down mm -hmm. and talk? And so that's kind of how we approach it. And also, it's just... Uh, we don't have a lot of conflict in the first place. We don't have a lot of conflict. It's not yeah. like the worst. Do you think that is partly because you've just known each other for so long? Definitely yeah. partially that. But we also... I mean, dude, it yeah. was like three years of friendship before either of us ever got mad at each other. Yeah. Like, we've yeah. just always worked pretty well together. So it's like, we don't get super angry at each other. Like, yeah. it's... The way I would sum it up is, it's been a long time since either of us has needed to apologize to the other. Gotcha. Like, yeah. we've both yeah. definitely had moods. And it's like, mm -hmm. you can tell the other person's pretty done. And like, you want to say as little as you can, but you got to get out what's needed of saying, hey, well, we still have shit we have to do today. Mm -hmm. um, but you're, there's no need to go beat around the bush if somebody's in a bad mood. So it's like, usually because we can pick up that the other person's not really feeling it that day, we're able to avoid anything. We're like, I don't call this guy names. He doesn't say things rude to me. Like, it's like, we're respectful to each other. Mm. That's good. So living... Mm. With somebody who you also work with and are in a band with, like I did that, and it's really hard. Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't give each other the space or the respect on one thing or the other, it really can start to drive that wedge. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to me. Was like we we had the issues. We could both feel the tension, but neither of us would say, "Hey, like what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Why? Mm -hmm. Why are, are we both mad?" Like, yeah yeah what's what is the root of the problem and i and might it be my fault might be the other person's fault but that was inevitably what came to be the undoing of it was the absolute lack of communication and then everything just boiled up to one point and we're like this is done yeah no mm. you have to talk you have to talk yeah. when we 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 do a good job at saying like hey are there grievances right now like is there, like is there something <laughs> the airing we need of to the grievances yeah, yeah like it's we'll do it in meetings and like usually like we drive to get like if we go have a meeting, we do it at like a coffee shop. Sometimes we'll like if it's a really busy day, we'll do it at the apartment, but it helps us to get out mm -hmm. and then we go to the coffee shop and it's like kind of how it goes. And it's an unspoken thing, but it's just kind of how we've developed it is we don't really talk about the work until we've had that first sip of coffee. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like we have this moment to 
if I didn't see him much the night before, maybe he got in later, I got in late, we were super, super tired, it was just a bad day, something like that. Then the next morning, it's like, hey, man, you know, how was yesterday? Tell me about this. Like, you know, let me mm. pick your brain. Or, hey, did you see this thing? And it's just shooting the shit. And then we're in line and coffee. We say hello to the baristas we know. And then we sit down. We're still shooting the shit, still joking, laughing. We sit down and we have a sip of coffee. And then it goes, okay, cool. Now let's work. now let's mm. now let's get mm. onto the stuff. Hey, man, this is what I was thinking should be for on a long plate time. Today. That was what helped me like focus was because like I was. I couldn't figure out like where work happens or when work happens yeah. because mm-hmm. tour stop being self-employed the way I am yep. is kind of this just amorphous job that's kind of in the morning, kind of in the afternoons, most of the time at night. But it's tricky. All, it's mm-hmm. it's weird and awesome. But uh, for a while, I was really just kind of letting all of my problems, personally and professionally, just pile on at the same time. It's like, all right, what is causing this? stress that's happening right now and i was like i think it's because i don't have any division of when i do and do not do work yeah and i've had to give myself really strict limits on like okay these are when the shows happen these are the days that i need to prepare for the shows that need to happen and then when can i go grocery shopping yeah like when can i do errand stuff yeah yeah and like right now i have it kind of set up with this really kind of nice schedule it's like Generally, it's Saturdays and Sundays. I don't do anything that's mm-hmm. related to work. And if people text me asking for shows, most of the time I won't respond yeah. until Monday yeah. when I'm back in that like work happens you say, now. Hey, I'm, in, I'm in yeah. office now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, office setting your hours. own office hours is super important. Yeah. So to make that separation for a while, I actually had my office over by uh, Tennessee Brewworks, is just where we, we resurrected the podcast. To, yeah. And it was great because it allowed me to have the whole like. This is when I'm going to the office. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to come stop by the office and look for shows or do anything, be part of the podcast, I will be here from 10 in the morning until 5 p.m. any day. Yeah. And like having that like, this is it. Yeah. Really felt good. Like the psychological relief of leaving the office and coming home was in- incredible. It changed my life. Yeah. And that's why now, like as soon as we're done recording this podcast, I'll tear this stuff down. And then take the dog for a walk and then just be Aaron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to like think, oh God, now I have to go do all the poster work and I have to do all the blah, 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 blah. Well, like, you, you want to have a clear cut separation between different pieces of your identity, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise it all starts to get muddy and you don't mm-hmm. really know who you are. And, you know, especially if you're building a business, which, you know, we love making music, uh, but we're not blind to what this is. We're building a business. This too is a business and that's how it is. So we have to be able to. That's why it's called the music business. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, we, we have to, you know, be entrepreneurs in that sense. And sometimes we got to put our foot down and look at things from a business perspective. But if we just do that in our lives, mm-hmm. it burns bridges, it kills relationships, it overworks people, uh, it pushes people away. You can't do that. I, I think, you know, most days we have a set start, start time to work. But every day we have a set stop time. That's good. And that's the really, really important part. Now, it's not to say we've never booked things past that. Like our show on Wednesdays, you know, we're on we're not on stage till 930. Usually we wouldn't be working by then. Mm -hmm. But of course, for Wednesday, we're going to work past then. Right. We're going to go through that. We're going to do the whole thing after the show. Meet everybody. Say our hellos. Get back. And it also gives us this freedom to say when we sit down after work one day, whether it's after day jobs or just after eight hours of what we've been doing and we say, okay, time to breathe. And we sit down on the couch and we, we, whether we're making dinner, whatever it is, sometimes then the creative juices start to get flowing again mm-hmm. and we can say, Hey, do you want to do this right now? You almost get like excited to do the work. Exactly. Because it's, it's a choice. It's a hundred percent a choice. And well, like when you to, load up your own days like that. Back to not wanting to go to college for it. I mean, I only really create when I'm in those spaces where there's no pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing kind of going on. I, I can create not in those spaces, but I think I do my best work. When I'm yeah. That's out. one of the things that never gelled with me totally about Nashville was the whole like, the, the co-write culture dude which, it's so weird the I whole can't turn it on i have a 10 to 2 and then i have a 2 to 6 and then a 6 to 10 i'm like i don't like to be creative on a calendar yeah, yeah. inspiration I'm, doesn't strike at 10 01 a.m when you start that co-write exactly sometimes it might take an hour and a half to get something that you even think might be a good idea 
And I don't like thinking like that. And some people, obviously that's how the business kind of operates with Mm -hmm. publishing companies and everything. But that for me is not how my creative process works. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we're both with you on that. We've talked about it a lot. And even in our own writing, we don't oftentimes start something together. I don't know the last mm. time we started something together. And if we did it, um, like specifically music, started like a song together. And if we did, I don't know if any of them have come to fruition. Like it's always something strikes one of us. Mm-hmm. And if it's really early on the process, like I might say to Preston, Hey, I think I have something. Give me a little bit. I'm, I'm going to call you in to hear this in a second. And he's like, okay. And whether it's that day or a couple of days later, I'll show him something. And I'll be like, hey, I'm stuck at this point. You know, just let me know if you like this, if I should keep going. So, yeah, being in an equal share duo, how do you two approach the songwriting process? Do you come with like your, I have an idea for a song or do you both have, do you have that 10 o'clock or let's try to write an idea? No, it's mm. definitely, definitely the ideas thing. Preston, do you want to speak we, on it? Yeah, well. Most of the time, uh, it's just we come to each other and we're like, we have this hook or like we have this verse. Um, want to help? Want to help finish it? And then we'll work on it for a little bit. And sometimes, very rarely, um, it'll just be like, actually, I think I need to go finish this alone or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so it, it's really just about letting the other person create in their own way whatever they need to do to get this thought and this idea, kind of where they want cool. it. Um, and like Evan brings songs to me all the time and I will be like, I will do whatever I can to help to, to approach that artistic yeah. idea and yeah. like contribute to that without altering the, yeah, contribute to it without changing anything like that you were going for initially originally. Right. And I didn't do a lot of co-writes. I like yeah. my co-write list is very short. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always a little dif- difficult for me, but I've been doing it with him so long. He's really the only one I can. I can actually feel comfortable co-writing with. That comfortability is really important. It's something that I, one of the reasons why I don't like just blind co-writing. Yeah. Because I don't feel comfortable spilling my life story to strangers. That's one of the big Mm. things that I start like drawing out whenever we do co-writes. And I want to touch back on this two songwriting here in a second, but I want to talk on this first. When it comes to co-writes, to anybody that's written with me, whether it's been with both Preston and I, or if it's just been with me, you know that I go pick your brain mm-hmm. and I say, tell me everything that's going on in your life. Tell me if, if there are relationship troubles. I want to know everything about it. If there's stuff going on with your family, tell me everything about and it. And sometimes you don't want to spill all of your dirty laundry exactly. onto somebody who, like, I don't know if you're prepared to hear about my emotional trauma. Yeah, and mm-hmm. my thought is if you're, not, if you're not down for that stuff, then it's like, well, then you got to be ready to accept that we're probably not going to write that great of a song. And no matter what song we write, I'm telling you, me and my band, we're not going to take it. Like, this isn't like, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of songwriters that want us to, they want to write with us so that we'll cut their song. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey man. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah. What's, what, this two songs are always going to be ones that we have written that, right. you know, came from a real place for us. And like most of, most of the songs that this two has now, I, I've written the majority of, and then I'll, grab Preston and I'll be like, hey man, let's hear some of your flair on this. Even if it's just like his thought process through harmonies, because we don't ever just stick with like a third or a fifth or a seventh. Like we mm-hmm. have like Preston very intentionally picks different harmonies to kind of match the vibe of whatever it is we're singing right. about. I've always liked um the instrumentation of songs a little more because I, I grew up on orchestral music from my dad's side and then um I just love strings or instruments in general so very classical I like to, based stuff yeah, yeah. so he's when got I'm, great melodies too yeah when, I, when i'm doing these harmonies when i'm doing stuff i like to think of yeah like that secondary harmony but sometimes i'll think would a violin do this or like what what would fit in here to where i can sing this kind of like a certain instrument to add something that isn't just a voice harmony gotcha. yeah yeah, Preston yeah. uses his voice as an instrument as good, if not better, than almost anybody I've heard in the mm-hmm. city. It's, he's very intentional with it, and it's why I love doing this stuff with him, because I've focused so much on lyrics. Like, that's just what's important to me in all things music. I mm-hmm. think, hey, let's get this storytelling side of things. I've always been a bit of a writer. And then Preston has this beautiful ability to build an instrumentation. And I like to hear things and I've like been able to bounce a lot of things off with him like that. And we're able to like really work together. That's where it goes from Evan writing a song to this to having a song is when it goes to this like 
it goes to Preston and it's like, okay, now not do something with what I've created. It's add you to what is here already. Like, how do you make this a you thing? And, and that wouldn't have come without the years of already doing it on our own time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we, we've taken the time to figure each other out in that regard. and We like, know what the other organic. one's good at. Yeah. 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 It's like, you, like, I'll get into writing a song, and, um, like, I'll talk about, I'll talk about Dreams, which is a song that's likely going to be on the second record. Um, and it's a song that I was, like, writing about my dad and um some of the worst parts of growing up Mm -hmm. and then how some advice i got from my dad has really kind of shaped how i go through life now and i was writing the song i was like this is really really pretty but it's nothing special and then i remember being like but if i can get preston to sing this 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 and maybe he'll just sing something right here this, then it'll be cool. And I go to Preston and I'm like, hey, will you sing this, this, and this? And he's like, what if it was this, this, and that? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like yo! That. And then I'm like, okay, and then do something right here. It's good to have that second, I don't want to, like, opinion. It's like just somebody else's creativity that yeah. is, is there to enhance the entire thing. Well, that you that, trust. That's a, if you do songwriting and you do music for a, a long time, you hit a point where you've just kind of figured yourself out and kind of mm-hmm. how your brain works, and you need that kind of... Synergy. S- yeah, yeah, you need that second person or that band to really elevate you to that next level of, like, what's this new sound right. that I can make? And Like, when I was co-writing, I realized early on, it's like, my lyrical contribution to a co-write wasn't going to be as... I don't, I don't want to say effective, but we'll use that word effective as my, like, uh, guitar writing, yeah. the music writing of it. So it's like, if I come into a co-writer, if I go to one, I have to find somebody whose skill as a songwriter is going to complement that because you don't need to have three guitar player songwriters all being like, this is yeah. the riff. Exactly. No, this is the riff. That's the key factor of our partnership and when we're saying like how we're just so different and it's complementary skills. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, we're not both crazy great lyricists. Um, I, I'm not the greatest composer. I, I couldn't, I couldn't even tell, like find a, a third <laughs> harmony on anything. I couldn't do it. I'm like, I don't know anything about this stuff. But Preston can go mix between nine different things and it works great. That's awesome. And, and then, you know, usually how our like songwriting stuff ends up going is because we know so well what the other person needs just based off their body language or kind of where their brain's going. I like to just talk. I like to just go say a million things and I kind of rant and I go through this therapy session and then all of a sudden I'm like, ah, wait, okay, that wait, one. I found the line. You're like, mm-hmm. These three words work. Mm-hmm. Let's use those. Yep. And then Preston's good at sitting there and asking the questions or stopping and not talking in the pauses and just looking at me being mm-hmm. like, I know you're not yeah. finished yet. Yeah. I know <laughs> there's something else here. I know he has a certain face. I, lo- I love when you're in a writing, you're just like, I, I have six percent of an idea hold on yeah and then (laughs) that's how it starts yeah Yeah. so you have to let it grow uh organically and just like the content thing where it would be like hey i'm like hey here's this idea a and he's like well here's idea b Mm -hmm. and then i'm like ah Mm -hmm. what if it was c and we come Mm -hmm. together that's what a lot of like lyrics same thing Mm -hmm. on dreams i Mm -hmm. we couldn't figure out what the hook of it was going to be um and then he said something about dreams and it was just the he said the word dreams and i was like Okay, none of that except that thing. And then we went on from there. And it was like we found that hook line using dreams. And it's like that would have never, ever, 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 ever happened if it wasn't for Preston. First, being willing to hear the first line I said. Second, saying his thought on the line. And then third, my willingness to say, ah, that piece of your line. So you have the new single coming out tomorrow, the day after where we are releasing this episode. That's would right. you? Tell us about this new single you've got coming out. Dude, this single is, it's the single. It's the, <laughs> it really the is. single. It the is. single. single. This was, so Castles and Normal were both written before this two existed, officially. Gotcha. And they were both written back to back, and they were the start of an era. And um, that's actually why Normal is going to be the title of the entire EP. Uh, fun fact, you guys now know this because you're listening to the podcast, The Real Ones. Um, but Normal is a song that I wrote as this like last hope 
in this terrible, terrible emotional place I was in some dark, dark winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd been cheated on. It was just heartbreaking from it. It was like cheated on by like a girl who I didn't really care too much about. But for some reason, my, my heart was just so attached to this idea. Um, and I had no idea why until I wrote the song. And then I remember like turning the press and being like, this is why. This is why this whole thing happened. This is why I've like been so attached to this for like a weird reason. It is reason. very therapeutic when you can have that like cathartic experience of writing the song that yeah. actually conveys how you feel. I yeah. think that experience is what helped me the most in learning how Evan makes music and mm-hmm. how I can approach Evan making music and how I can help That's because I, I had to I had to be very methodical with how I how I like approach him in in this season because it was just such a heavy, heavy season. It was a really, really tough time. Yeah. And it was like I was a grenade with the pin pulled already. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of holding the hammer yeah. down. Mm-hmm. And you know if you let that thing go, you got three seconds to get mm-hmm. out of there. Um and he was so carefully trading hands as he's trying to keep <laughs> this hammer down and trying yeah. to put that pin back in. I was a hundred percent successful, but we did make a damn good song. <laughs> yeah, we made it, we made a great song. And it, it, even if they were just it's on video. We have a lot of pretty much everything we've done out here is on camera. So um, for those of the, the the listeners who've never heard your music before, what's your like your elevator pitch for what, what you sound like? We are an indie pop duo. Like straight kind of pop. Just, say again? Like straight pop. Just the You know, I would it's not bubblegum pop. No, no, I, def- I, I definitely think that that indie is a really important piece yeah. of it. And now this record is a lot poppier than I think some of the songs that are to come, um, especially Castles was. But Normal is kind of going to be this shift where it is a lot more um, indie sounding and it's a little less commercial friendly. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like if Jonas Brothers met Ed Sheeran and Noah Kahn. That's kind of <laughs> still pretty early in their careers. Like that, yeah, you know? yeah, still pretty early with all of it. Come to our live shows. It's a different vibe. It's a lot more rocky. Um, we want to be versatile in all things music. One day, this too, yeah. we'll have a couple rap songs. Like we'll have country records. <laughs> like we we just like music. We you like can doing rap, all can't sorts. Can't you, Preston? I can. I can. That's racist. That's <laughs> I think I've heard you rap before. Probably. I mean, I. I talk so fast, I basically rap just in conversation. Yeah, I was about to say, he, he, he would probably excel at rapping, but uh, I, I like writing raps. I like okay. the process of writing raps because that, that's, I think, how my brain would work if I didn't take so long mm-hmm. to like, come up with these things. Because sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll have a line, and then that line will funnel uh, 35 minutes worth of, right. of just straight writing, and then I'll be done for the next six months. And, yeah, it's, uh, you like bottle it up until yeah. you have this stream of consciousness that is just a lyrical masterpiece. Yeah. And I'm just like, I could, I could do rap, but I don't think I could do it as a career. You know, right. I don't think I write enough to be like, I'm going to release an album a year. Well, gentlemen, thank you for coming on the podcast today. So, uh, where can folks find you online? Where can they hear your new single? Well, you guys can hear normal anywhere you find music: Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you want, preferably Spotify. You don't use Spotify. Weird. Follow them on Spotify. Please yeah. follow us on Spotify. Please. That's the fun thing. Definitely check us out on Instagram at this two official T H I S. Then the number two. Then the word official. Please don't ask me to spell that. And is your TikTok uh, also this two official? Everything is this two official. TikTok's awesome. this two official. Instagram, Twitter, Threads, all that cool stuff. We keep it simple. Only fans. <laughs> Anywhere Only you want to find sure. us, you'll find us. I will have your links hyperlinked in the episode description for this episode as well hell yeah is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners before we finish this week's episode i've got one more question but i'll let you speak now Preston, i got something but i want you to get the chance first i'll say uh to anyone listening who just wants to be in our shoes or or do what we're doing you don't (laughs) (laughs) you don't Turn around, turn around now. Yeah. Run, run. Quit before it's too late. Move away from Nashville. No, it's just like it is a lot of effort and it is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be willing to do all that. But it is still one of the greatest jobs ever. It's one of the most rewarding and enjoyable kind of things to do. I mean, when you're on that stage or when you're just in your room alone making music, I mean, that's if that's really what you want to be doing, you feel it. You feel it. Yeah, well, I mean, whether it's music or anything else. Doing what God put you on earth to do and doing mm-hmm. what you're really here to do 
that right there is the most rewarding thing in the world for us is music. Uh, we got a lot of other things we love. Like I mentioned earlier, I, I love fighting. Preston really loves movies. And uh, these are definitely things we want to keep in our lives. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, doing what you love, there's nothing like it. But if there's anything that I could leave everyone with, we appreciate you guys for listening. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you guys for being fans of us. We want you to know there's a lot of cool shit that's coming. It's not just some band yeah, thing. Buddy. Big things are coming. There's so many awesome things that we have in the wings. Please stick around. Please appreciate the tiny details. If you look hard enough, you're going to find a lot of cool things. So um, don't blink. So the last question I want to ask this week is something that I've asked on a couple of episodes lately. And we've talked so much about the music biz. I like to learn a little bit about stuff that's not music. Yeah. And do either of you have just places in Nashville that you like to go that you might recommend to someone who either lives here and is listening or someone who might want to visit that that you would go to that's not just like a venue go see the bluebird <laughs> do you have any like nashville nashville things that you like food drink restaurants parks i, I don't want to dox them because i'm like don't just let me it's my spot no i'm kidding um <laughs> we both love red bicycle it's a little coffee shop on nolensville pike we love the good baristas one. there they're sweethearts um I was at the Red Bicycle in Nations not just two days ago. Oh, oh really? It's wow. a great one. There you go. Mm-hmm. Red Bike is awesome. Um, there's a little... I kind of want to... No, I, I don't want to dox where we're at, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, would say, I would just say try the food trucks in East Nashville. That there's, would be... There's a lot of good ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Preston and I are more and more homebodies these days. So I, I, I think when we spend so much time out, our place to relax really is our place, like mm-hmm. in our apartment. But if we go anywhere, it's usually a food truck or to get coffee. Preston, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's exactly a specific place, but I think if you look hard enough, the especially in East Nashville, like the food culture, you can you can get whatever you want. Wherever you really you can. Want. It's really it's very awesome. authentic too. It's very authentic. It's it's more authentic than I think people would expect from Tennessee city mm-hmm. uh it's very diverse the food uh, just no one specific place it's whatever you guys want i'm sure you're gonna find something but don't just go on google maps and uh, look up restaurants because don't do the top 10 yeah. things to do in nashville do not do that do not i do typically that. don't recommend any of the top 10 things to no. do <laughs> Th- those yeah, are actually no. the top 10 most expensive things you. Can that's do. exactly yeah. what you should especially because parking is 30 dollars anywhere yeah <laughs> Yeah, you know, I actually recommend you stay home because you got to pay $45 to park anywhere and you're still going to get booted. Yes. Rough. Rough. (laughs) Well, y'all, thank you for joining us this week. Well, thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. You can follow us on social media platforms all over the interwebs at Nashville Tour Stop. Uh, If you'd like to find our full live event calendar, you can check us out on the web at NashvilleTourStop.com. Uh, most importantly, please just subscribe to our podcast here. Leave us a five-star review, or if you really made it this far and you hate it, leave me a one-star review. Tell me why you listened for an hour and still, still, still wanted to leave a one-star review. So I would love to hear that too. But even though that is the end of this week's episode, we will be back next week right here featuring our producer for a long time, Mr. Alex Amato. So until next week, please do remember that all roads lead right back here to the Nashville Tour Stop. Yeehaw, Yeehaw motherfucker! motherfucker.